passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Obviously, some crazy news uh, within the last 24 hours with Miles Garrett getting into a car accident where he flipped his car um, out of the hospital on, what, Tuesday. Gerald, what's the latest on the story? Well, there is um, body cam footage out from the Medina uh, uh, County, uh, I believe, Sheriff's Department or Highway Patrol, um, where you could see um, medic tending to uh, the passenger that was in his vehicle, as well as Miles. Um, they checked his bicep. You could see, uh, his right hand uh, and wrist area was bleeding. Um, the car, obviously, uh, not to make light of it, but the, the car was destroyed in the accident. Um, he was released Monday night from the hospital, uh, after, uh, observation and obviously testing to make sure everything's okay. The good news is he appears to be okay from that standpoint. Great news. Unfortunate that he went, uh, you know, went through that. Um, the accident occurred uh, in the area of State Road near Ridgewood Road uh, around three o'clock Monday afternoon. Um, he was driving his uh, Porsche 911 Turbo S, I believe, is the the the, the vehicle uh, or the you know the proper name of the vehicle that he was driving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- you know. Th- th- no drugs, alcohol, impairment of any kind uh, is part of the investigation, which, by the way, is ongoing. They obviously have to investigate what led 
to Miles Garrett going off the ro- uh, you know off the road and uh, ultimately uh, uh, flipping his car. So, so thankfully, no major injuries for uh, Miles Garrett as a result of this accident. Now we do have an update uh, from the Browns. In fact, uh, EVP slash GM Andrew Barry. Uh, issued a statement confirming his uh, his injuries, uh, uh, sprained shoulder, um, bicep strain, minor lacerations, as well as other bumps and bruises, no broken bones, and Garrett also cleared uh, the concussion protocol following an examination at uh, University Hospital. So let me read the statement that uh, came out from uh, Andrew Berry. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, he said, quote, first and most importantly, we are thankful that Miles, his passenger and no other parties were seriously injured in the single car accident yesterday, which, of course, is Monday. After medical evaluation today, our doctors at university hospitals have concluded that Miles has sustained a shoulder sprain, bicep strain, minor lacerations, as well as some bumps and bruises to various other body parts. Miles didn't suffer any fractures, and he also has cleared concussion protocol. Currently, our focus is on providing Miles the medical care needed for him to return to football activity. Although we hope to have him back soon, his availability for Sunday's game in Atlanta will be evaluated by team doctors throughout the week. So that is the uh, official word uh, from the Browns regarding the injuries sustained by Miles Garrett. Um, the body cam footage that re- was released Tuesday certainly uh, showed Garrett sitting on the uh, in the grass on the side of the road uh, and uh, being tended to uh, by medical personnel. You could see in the video that his biceps were being looked at. You could see the blood on his right wrist and hand, obviously the result of some uh, lacerations there and that, but all in all, uh, a blessing that Miles Garrett was not seriously injured uh, as well as his passenger uh, as a result of this accident. Um, from a human standpoint, obviously very, very fortunate that he appears to be okay. Uh, the football element of this, I'm sure we'll get into later in the week. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'll be surprised if he plays against Atlanta. It would not surprise me if they um, allow him some time to to to, to rest and recuperate. Um, I, I kind of know how Miles is, uh, feels because when I was young, I fl- I I was in a flip over one uh, one car accident too. So it's it's a very very scary thing to go through. So. Um, again, the, the good news is it appears that miles did not suffer, uh, any type of, uh, major injury here. Daryl, it would, I mean, just, um, let's do this before we get into your story. Uh, there was talk today that he was swerving to miss an animal. That's what, uh, the story yeah. was on the radio. Yeah. And, and, uh, that, that was reported by NFL network. Um, I am awaiting an update from. Uh, the Ohio Highway Patrol on the investigation, uh, as far as uh, you know, the the, the, deter- the determination and the cause uh, of the accident. Look, um, stuff like that happens. You know, a deer jumps out in front of you, or or another animal when you're driving in those rural areas. I mean, look, I I live in the city of Cleveland, and I see I see deer in my neighborhood all the time. 
uh, walking around families of them. I'm like, what's ba- what? <laughs> what's the Bambi family doing in the neighborhood? Aren't they supposed to be like 30 miles out of town here? So, um, yeah, that 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 is a got to be a pretty scary situation if you you know trying to avoid an animal and then all of a sudden you end up off the road and uh, flipping your car. Yeah, it was funny. I heard some interesting advice on the radio today too, which I don't. Um... Just talking about, you know, being a careful driver as I'm kind of watching this video, too. And you can see they were they were tending to Miles who looked dazed. Um, that video was released at, uh, I don't know, I just saw it it's just after 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, that, you know, when you do approach, and I, I know this is a football podcast, but I, when I was in, uh, I lived in eastern Pennsylvania for a summer where I was a camp counselor um, in the Poconos. And we lived in a region where there were tons of deer and they were always saying whenever you left at night you know make sure make sure make sure although this was a daytime incident but um that you always honk your horn that lights do not do with a deer on the road lights are just you know uh lights don't help they're blinded the the deer are blinded once they see the lights that they can't that they freeze and that's what happens so that you should always honk and I've found that over the years, and I've been doing it for 30-some years, that anytime I see a deer, whether it's night or day, I honk and they move. So I, I thought it was interesting. I heard some – what I heard – someone was trying to say that deer are deaf. I I'm, I find that hard to believe. If it's true, then I've been wrong for 30-plus years. But um, to hear that, to try to get a deer out of the way while you're driving is to honk. Your, your lights aren't going to do anything. Unless maybe you flicker your lights, that might work too because then – although then – you're causing the deer's retina to expand and contract, but that's another story for another day. Daryl, just, you know, you said you've been through this. What happened? So this is about almost 25 years ago. I was uh, driving right down the road, left my parents' house, was on my way to work. And this is in Cleveland? No, this is uh, out uh, by Youngstown when, okay. where I grew up. 25 years ago, Andy. <laughs> long, long time ago. I'm just making sure. And, um, I had just got I had just gotten this car, fire engine red, my favorite color. I was so excited. And out where we live, it's rural area, so that means big ditches on the side of the road, uh, semi-paved road, no markings on the road at all. So car was coming towards me uh, and appeared to be going pretty fast. And there was a, a a little bit of a valley where you go down and you come back and you come up. And he comes up out of that valley and I see him and he's in the middle of the road and speed limit is uh, 45 on our road. Cause again, we're out in the country and um, I overcorrected to get out of the way. I hit the gravel um, and went right into the ditch and rolled the car and it rolled multiple times and an angel must have been looking over me because it landed on all four tires. The car was completely destroyed. I was wearing my safety belt and I walked away without a scratch. I don't know how uh, to this very day, but scariest 60 seconds of my life because it felt like my life was flat. Like I, to this day, can visualize the rotations of the vehicle as I'm in it rolling. Um, the someone across the street heard the crash, came out immediately uh, to help, uh, call for help. Again, I don't know how I walked away from that without wow. a scratch, but I did. The car was totaled completely. Um, 
but yeah, that, so I, I can understand how miles is feeling uh, physically, emotionally, uh, and, and that, um, cause I've been there, done that. And it it is a, uh, and it, I was dazed for a, a little bit and I'll be honest with you. Like I was afraid to drive again. Oh, I believe it. Uh, I had a little PS PTSD from that. Um, I, I, I think that's the term I'm not trying to make light of any, but I think that's the, the term it's called, you know, you have that, uh, you know, flashback trauma or whatever. So like, I would not drive that end of the road. I would go a different, I went a completely different way to work for like three months. Cause I did not want to drive that st- stretch of road again for a while. So, um, so yeah, that, that's my story. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just was trying to get out of a way, uh, of the guy that was, mm. you know, and I overcorrected, he got out of my way. He got to his side of the road. Right. But I panicked and, and, and had overcorrected and, you know, went into the ditch and started, you know, rolling. Um, yeah, very, very scary. And it took a couple of days to get over. Uh, but again, I was wearing my seatbelt and, uh, like that's the, you know, I, I know, like you said, or it's a football podcast, but I, I just, I can't, it's why I'm so paranoid when I'm in the, when I'm in a car, whether I'm driving or a passenger. And when I have passengers in my car, I make everybody wear seatbelts for that very reason, because that, that seatbelt saved my life. And I have no idea how I walked away from that thing. No broken bones, no scratches. Like I don't even remember bleeding. Wow. Um, you know, it's so weird when you talk I mean, about- windshield was shattered, you know, wow. I mean, it, 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 the glass was intact, but it was shattered. The roof was all caved in. I mean, just, you know, you know, I mean, just, it, yeah, Daryl, I, I gotta be honest. I don't remember the last time I was in a car without a seatbelt on. I mean, it's been years. Like I, you know, when we were kids, you seatbelts weren't mandatory. So hardly anybody wore them. Um, but I do remember like after I was 16 in the mid, uh, when did I turned 16, mid eighties, somewhere in there. I don't know. I did, like, it was just something everyone did it. No one even thought twice yeah. about it's almost like seeing somebody riding a bicycle without a helmet on right now. You're like, what? Why does that guy not have a helmet on? Or that but girl have a helmet on? How many times are you driving on the freeway and you see the click it or ticket seatbelt? Yeah, so- I look at it and I look at it. I'm like, who doesn't buckle their seatbelt anymore? Yeah. So uh, if anything, this is a PSA to yeah. uh, take a, a very difficult, horrible situation for, for miles and really kind of turn it here into a positive as a reminder seatbelts will save your life or they can uh, shouldn't speak in absolutes seatbelts can save your life um and uh you know i miles obviously very very fortunate that he did not suffer any serious injuries but him being dazed and all that it, it might take him a couple of days to to regather himself if you will uh from going through an accident like that so wishing him wishing his passenger uh you know health and safety and all those, all, all those good thoughts. But, um, yeah, it's, I can, I can imagine how, uh, how scary of a situation that must've been for miles Garrett. Cause I've been through uh, it. Daryl, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the football aspect of this. When we come back, we'll talk about defensive tackle. And I mean, the Browns were already hurting at defensive tackle. So now we're going to have to, or defense fan. Um, and we'll talk about that when we come back too, because th- there's some injuries that are, de- that this teams have to deal with. And so, uh, we will talk about that. Plus, you're going to go one-on-one with a couple of these guys, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So that's all straight ahead. 
on uh, It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to chime in on the show, Game Day CLE, at Game Day CLE on both Twitter and Instagram. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. I'm Andy Baskin. He is Daryl Ryder. If you like what you're listening to, then subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board as we talk about your Cleveland Browns. Um, let's start off with what could the Browns lineup look like if Miles Garrett's out um, at de- that defensive end. Uh, Alex Wright, you know, I, I'm just I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and they've already moved Miles Garrett off of that. So Isaac Rochelle, Alex Wright, are those your starters this week? Would Jadavian Clowney also hurt? Possibly. Yeah, and and they added Curtis Weaver Monday afternoon to the practice squad. Uh, obviously, with um. Anthony Walker going to injured reserve as well and being lost for the season. They they signed Jermaine Carter Jr. to the practice squad as well. He started like 17 games for the Panthers or 16, 17 games last season for uh, the Panthers. So he's got some starting experience. But yeah, when you look at the defensive ends right now, you, you got Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Rochelle, Alex Wright, and, you know, uh, you know, then guys on the practice squad. So um it's the the uh, depth is going to be tested uh, at that position i'm looking at the practice squad roster right now that's why i uh, uh stalled for a second because i wanted to see uh if they had any other defensive ends on the on that roster and they do not uh i mean they do now I, I obviously they, you know curtis weaver he's he's there but outside of curtis weaver who was added on uh Tuesday they don't they don't have any other defensive ends um and a, as I mentioned too remember linebacker little thin as well now because you got your it's it's JOK assuming that the groin injury is okay Jacob Phillips and then you go Sioni Takitaki Tony Fields Jordan Kunyansik uh and then you can go to the practice squad uh with uh, uh Allen Dakota uh, who they have on the the PS, and then again today them uh, adding uh, uh, Carter. So, um, yeah, those are two spots right now. That, that front seven, um, they they uh, they're a little banged up. All right, Daryl, let's have a little bit of fun because the Pro Bowl has been whacked. See you later. The NFL got rid of that. By the and way, now, can I yes. get it? Can I get a hallelujah and an amen for that? <laughs> uh, hallelujah and amen for that. The Pro Bowl is history, although they were still averaging like six million viewers, even on their worst, uh, even on their worst, you know, day. You so really what they're gonna... six million people were watching the Pro Bowl, though. Well, they got you credit for it. it. So, I mean, that's what you know. And the ratings were down like 16, 17 percent last year, were some of their lowest ratings ever. So what they will do now is Peyton Manning and his Omaha production company are going to come up with, excuse me, some programming to figure this thing out. And uh, I don't, I don't know what. I mean, you tell me. Are they doing the right thing here? Yeah, Pro Bowl sucked. Let's be honest about it. I always felt the Pro Bowl should have been a uh, just you're a Pro Bowler. Congratulations. Here's your plaque or your certificate or whatever, and you know that's maybe honor you at NFL Honors or something. But like. Um, I was never a big fan of the pro bowl because guys just, they don't play at full speed and that's not a criticism. Like uh, football is a brutally physical sport and, um, 
you know, the, the, these guys aren't going full speed. And then fans are unhappy because the, the integrity of the game, you can question, right? And, and things like, like Miles Garrett's in a Pro Bowl is not going after a quarterback the in, in a Pro Bowl the same way he's going after a quarterback during the regular season. Um, and so I think it's great. Uh, I did survey some of the resident Pro Bowlers for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and uh, we'll start here with Joel Batonio, uh, four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, and uh, let's uh, hear what he had to say as I quizzed him about the Pro Bowl changes. Since you're the resident Pro Bowler on this team, uh, what do you think about some of these changes they're making, turning them into the, quote, Pro Bowl games and, and taking the actual game itself away and turning it into a flank football game? Um, I think it's a good move. Um, you know, I, I played in it the last few years, like you said, and it was almost getting to a point where it was like kind of a, you know, guys don't want to get hurt on the field. Guys don't want to go out there and, and, you know, they play for the season, they play for the Super Bowl. Like the Pro Bowl is a great honor, and I think guys appreciate the week and being there with other Pro Bowlers, but like actually getting out there and like playing a full game, like that takes a lot of the guys. And if guys are going full speed the whole time, it's like a dangerous sport. So I think it's a good change. I mean, I haven't, I don't know what's going to happen with like, that like games of the week, you know what I mean? But I think, I think it's a smart move and we'll see, we'll kind of see what happens as, as they go through. And I think the guys will be competitive, maybe more competitive with the flag football. You know, some of the guys playing in that. Did um, the league said that they had reached out to the players as well to, to solicit feedback. Were you one of those players that uh, they reached out to? Yeah. So I think every year we get like a pro Bowl survey after you go to the pro Bowl, and they ask you like, Oh, where would you like it to be? Or like, what do you think of this experience or that experience? And then when you're there, you kind of talk to the people and stuff like that. They, they ask you questions about it. So I think it was just like a, a pretty, like overall the guys were kind of like, this game is getting a little bit, you know, and we don't want to, the fans pay to go to the game, and it's kind of just like a walkthrough tempo. Most there's a few plays that pick up, but yeah, I think it's been the last few years they've been trying to get feedback and understand what guys want to do. They are looking like it's looking like they're adding a bunch of like additional competitive events like, yeah. during the week. What's your they they have had that in the past, but just what's your take on that approach? Yeah, I mean, if there's like a wing contest or something like that, maybe I'll be part of that. Um, no, I mean it was good. It's a good week. Like it's usually a fun week to hang out with the guys. So I think just like putting guys into that atmosphere, like is is going to be good. Um, we'll see what they are. You know, I think guys have fun with the dodgeball and like the obstacle course and stuff. So like those are things that you're not doing on a regular basis that are like, hey, this is part of it. Because like I said, getting up, if like truly the best players in the league, like wanted to play a competitive game like that would be a bloodbath like guys are going hard i mean like it's it's tough guys you're not having any plays off and stuff so it would be it'd be very intense but i think the week i think it'll be good we'll see how it goes you know joe batonio by the way right there you hear why he's one of my all-time favorite cleveland browns talking about his willingness to participate in a wing eating contest during pro Bowl week and by the way i second that beer chugging, is- beer chugging contests Shots contests. Yeah, they won't do wing that. Eating they won't do that. Wing eating, maybe they might. They could do an eating contest. I can't see them doing a, anything alcohol I know, related. I, yeah, I know. I just was trying to have some fun. I and, know. I hear and you know, beer pong, gotta, beer pong. Got to be the fun police. Sorry. You know, you can do some quality product. Placement. Have you seen the guy I sit next to for four hours a day, twenty hours a week? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, okay. Also spoke with Amari Cooper, who ah. has frequented the Pro Bowl as well, four-time Pro Bowler. 
Uh, here's how that conversation went. First, did you see the changes to the from uh, the regular game to flag football, and just you know, what's your take on it? I think it's actually good, man. A lot of guys go to the Pro Bowl. Um, well, well, a lot of guys don't go to the Pro Bowl because they're banged up. Yeah, I mean, they don't. They're like, it's not really worth playing in the game. I, I just want to rest my body. But you know, flag football—it's more fun going. You know what I mean? You know, you're not gonna get hit. Um, you know, guys will be pumped up about that, and I think fans will be pumped up about it too because, you know, when you watch the Pro Bowl, it's like you know those guys aren't playing for real. That the, the refs are like calling, blowing a whistle, and, and nobody wants to watch it. To be honest, um, the only fans that really want to watch it are, is the fans that are actually there. Yeah, you know I mean the fans that are there for the festivities and everything—they just go to the game for you know something fun. But I think the flag—it'll—it'll it'll bring it'll bring about a new aspect of the game. And then you got the best players in the NFL playing flag. You know what I mean? I think it'll be something that's cool to be honest. Are you one of the players? The league has said in their release that they reached out to players to solicit some feedback on the week in the game. Now, were you one of those players that they reached out to? And if so, what did you tell them? They probably did. I probably didn't open the email, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, nah, I didn't, I didn't, nah, I didn't even know. They uh, they added like all these events during the week, these comp, these skill competitions and stuff like that. It, it sounds like they're going to be doing even more of that. Is that something that yeah, you're I saw, into? I saw that they did some stuff last year, like some skill competitions and stuff like that. It's cool. I mean, it has the fans. You know, it's all about the fans. You know, it has the fans involved. Um, and it, it looked it looked it looked like a lot of fun to be honest. So, um, you think these changes are like long overdue? Then that this is something they probably should have done a long time ago. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's um, it's just common sense that guys shouldn't be playing a full game at that point. It's just it's just common sense. You got you got think you got some guys who are coming off of a, a playoff loss. Some guys losing like that in like that, that what is it like the NFC and AFC championship um loss and then they go right to the Pro Bowl. It's like, man, hell no. Yeah, because those guys that play on championship Sunday, they tend to not play in the Pro Bowl. They kind of they tend to skip that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's the right I think it's the same week as that Sunday. So if they're if they were to add like an, a skill event for you, what would that be? What would you be into? that you would absolutely want to participate and dominate in? I try and ask those occasionally. Like a maze type of thing, like to where I'm, you run in like a maze, but it's like routes and they time it and you might catch a couple balls in between. I think I'd be really good at that. Corn maze at Patterson's. How's that sound? I like it. So What's the one on the we, west side? What's the west side one where they do the corn maze? It's off of 71. Oh, there's another I, farm over there. There they do that. I want to be equal opportunity that East Centers and West Centers. So we got one guy that wants to do a wing competition, and the other guy wants to run routes in a maze. I think that sounds fun. <laughs> I'm into it. Sign me up. Speaking of fun, fun at the stadium at First Energy Stadium. Have you caught some of the things that are going on during the game after having two home games uh, at First Energy Stadium? We're going to talk about that next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. Yes, it is. Brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to get a hold of us on social media, so easy on Instagram and on Twitter, it's the same. Game day, C-L-E. 
Daryl, uh, you know, we've had some observations to be made at First Energy Stadium um, this year. Things changed up a little bit, and they're trying some new things. I'm not sure if uh, bringing out a guitar with the other team's logo on it and bashing it up on a stage is the greatest idea, but, you know, they're trying, and they're trying to enhance the game day product uh, to bring you down to the stadium. Give me some of your thoughts on that, D. Well, look, I mean, if smashing a guitar over a fake amplifier doesn't get you jacked for a game, come on. By the way, I want to shout out my high school friend, Jay, uh, graduated a year after me. He actually ended up with the Jets piece from the guitar that Joe Thomas smashed. He posted a picture of it uh, on Facebook, and I showed it to Joe Thomas, who was in the, the, the radio booth for the Thursday night game, and Joe gave it the big old two thumbs up there. He, he was awfully proud of his work. So I kind of like that. I, I, I know it, it it might be a little cheesy, a little cliche, but I like it. You know, Smash, I'm a, look, I'm all for smashing guitars. So um, I, I think that's really cool. One of the things that, by the way, I find absolutely hilarious is the fact that they built a dog pen for the players to run out of. <laughs> like they have to open the gates of the dog. It's pretty funny. I agree with you on that. <laughs> And then they have these two big giant dogs. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I can't, I, I can't say on the podcast, what I told Andy Baskin would make that bit even better. <laughs> it, it's like somewhat obscene. I'm not going to lie. And I, and my childish mind goes in that direction, but like, I, it is kind of funny. Um, but look, I, I give them an A for effort, Andy. They dropped Hang On Sloopy. And look, I'm the biggest Buckeye honk out there. It's like the one thing I can, I have no affiliation professionally with. Um, I grew up watching Ohio State football every Saturday. Uh, so it's, you know, I'm as big of a Buckeye honk out there as there is, but like I have no issue with them dropping Hang On Sloopy. There's some, I, I don't know, things. especially because it's the state rock song. It's not, I mean, no. yes, it started from Ohio State, but it's been adopted by the state legislature. Yeah, I just, as it, the official state rock song. And, and hopefully, like the, you know, the Steelers do renegade in, in, in the fourth quarter, or whatever. Like, I hope that the Browns are able to find something organically instead of trying to force something that'll be just like a, a natural element. What, what, like, I, I missed the third quarter. This, well, I, I had already well, left. Thursday what was it? This night, week? because it was yeah. Thursday night game. Right. I, I posted a picture on, on Instagram because it was so cool. Everyone had their, as much as I hate everyone having cell phone out because no one can be present in the moment. Everyone has to have their damn face in their phones. Right. But it was cool because everyone had their lights on. So there's this, it's a beautiful, it's dark out and just, you see all the cell phone lights that are on. And then they, they played ACDC's Thunderstruck, which I thought was pretty cool. Perfect. And, and so uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, that. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to hate on what the Browns are doing with the game day experience. I give them credit for finally shaking it up. Um, years ago, they tried to mix it up a little bit. And a lot of the stuff that they did was imported from other markets. Because, like, I would you know, right. go to Baltimore. I go to Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or Atlanta. I go to these other stadiums, Buffalo. Indianapolis, Detroit, and like they're doing this all the same stuff the Browns are doing. Like, because like when the Browns started doing, I'm like, hey, this is like new, it's novel, it's unique, whatever. And then I went to all the other stadiums. Like, all they did was just you know make some you know they just either ripped everybody off or this is like standardized NFL game presentation. But I'm gonna show the Browns game operations staff and 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 and, uh, the the folks involved there some love. 
because I, I respect the originality and trying to come up with something new and fresh that engages the fans. Cause I mean, home field advantage matters in sports, whether it's football, whether it's the NBA with, the, with the, the Cavaliers or major league baseball with the Cleveland guardians. Um, I mean, now that the guardians have won their division, hopefully people will actually start going to their games. Um, Cause that always was like, I guess the gripe, even though they're like one of the most successful teams in major league baseball over the last 25 years. But um, yeah, like home field advantage matters. And, obviously winning helps right good product on the field helps create that atmosphere but like game presentation also matters and you know the scoreboard presentation and stuff like that so i'm going to give the browns some love i I like what they've done so i i do think that they're in a precarious situation you know we like to give you behind the scenes stuff on the show that you're i'm like i don't know that i would ever tell this on the air um but the browns lost a guy named um carlos sasaguera and like the best, one of the best guys in the business as far as getting things done at halftime. And so I, you know, I've been lucky enough to do some of the presentations at halftime um, throughout the years. I mean, like we had the one moment where, what was it? Uh, remember they had the Clay Matthews into the ring of honor. So I was out there and I was, you know, running the presentation as uh, Clay got up there and he started speaking and I saw his son, because they were playing the Packers, jump out of the locker room. So I started waving to him to come over, knowing that we only had like 10 seconds. But I knew it would be a great moment. And as I looked up, he looked back, and I I looked away for one second, and he had jumped on the stage and almost knocked me off the stage. I got hit by (laughs) his shoulder pad. And then like some people were like, oh, look at Mandy Baskin ruining the moment. I'm like, ruining the moment? I made the moment. I told him to come over. You know, and so I was like, I got, I don't know, I was just annoyed out by that, but it was really, really cool moment. Um, the other one, I'll tell you real quick. It, you mean it's not mascots versus peewee football game? No, and man, I that, <laughs> that crew cat took out that kid. Oh, or man, the, that or the, the, the wiener dog races that they uh, did, which, by the way, came from Seattle. That was not originally a Browns thing. The wiener dog race, remember no, those? No, didn't, um, uh, in Washington baseball, they were doing the Senator stuff, the, yeah. the the dead presidents thing or whatever it is where they do the races there. That's probably not the right thing to say. Meredith, what's that officially called the races they do uh, in Washington for baseball well, in, Cle- in Cleveland? It's, it's the hot dogs in Milwaukee. It's like sausage, right? Yeah. A lot worse than Meredith, sausage. what is it in DC? It's the president's race. The president. That's they're dead presidents though. Right. No one's alive. Right. Uh, correct. Yeah. They're okay. all uh, pres- past presidents. Okay. Correct. Well, they I do mean- not have, living former presidents, you will not see Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush running around the track at Nationals Park. I'm pretty good. Unless they're costume versions. So here's another good one for you. So, you know, they only have like 10 minutes to do a presentation at halftime. Correct. It's a $100,000 fine if the team is late on the field because of their presentation. So they we did a Legends thing, and they brought all the Legends and alumni back out. And I was announcing all these names. I had 80 names to read and introduce all these guys coming out. In like six minutes. In six minutes. Are you kidding? In like two minutes. <laughs> and I had about 60 names to go. You know, you're trying to say everybody's name with emphasis and have like, fun. and Give everybody their moment. Yeah, but it's really hard. And now I got them in my ear going, it's a fine. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And there were like 30 seconds left. And I was at L. Oh. And I said, 
and I still feel bad for it, and I heard he's mad at me. Um, uh, Reggie Langhorn, I said Longhorn by mistake, and I still feel miserable about saying that. So this is a formal apology on a podcast, and I think I've done this on the air before, but I still feel bad that I said it. But, like, I'm telling you, I still had 20 other names to go through in less than 10 seconds, or it was a $10,000 fine or a $100,000 fine. It was something ridiculous. And you want to talk about pressure. And I'm like trying to read these names and get through these as fast as I can. So, but losing Carlos was like losing a major league all star. He ended up going to um, uh, um, the national soccer team. He's at USA Soccer now. So, look for some really cool presentations during their game. In fact, they play uh, at, at they play while this podcast is uh, probably going to be deb- debuted over the next couple of days here. So, sorry to ramble through that, but just kind of some weird behind the scenes stuff. I just, man, I feel I still like. This guy that wrote me the email about ruining the moment for the Matthews, I was just like, dude, you're an idiot. I was yeah. so mad. I was like, what are you talking about? I told him to come over. Well, he you, was going to stand. He was hesitant. Junior was hesitant on coming over. I'm like, no, come on, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah, be part of it. And you could see like during the Joe Thomas uh, ceremony t- uh, too that they were <laughs> – the, the Jets were coming back on the field to uh, begin their second-half warm-ups as they were – Wrapping it up, if you will. By the way, and there's also like a four or five second delay on anything you say on the field. Yeah. That's why I think it's tough for uh, anthem singers out there, too. So, all right. Do we have anything else to say about First Energy Stadium? Nothing? I, I think I, we're I good. Think we're good. Other than that, hopefully someday it just falls into the lake. <laughs> and then we see the new stadium. Any yes, thoughts? Exactly. Well, all right. If I had to ask you, I, we have 30 seconds left. Actually, we have three hours left if we want. I was saying, 30 we can seconds much left. Make our own time up here. No, but we want to be done in 30 seconds. If you could put that new stadium anywhere right now, this minute, where are you putting it? It would not be on the lakefront, but I've talked to some people that are adamant that either renovating First Energy Stadium or combined with development, a new stadium would go in its place. Like a lot of people around town do it's not, not going anywhere. You're saying the new stadium's not, gonna be there. They do not want the stadium anywhere else than other than the lakefront. I am, by the way, vehemently opposed to that. I think there's so much how would they do this though? They'd have to they uh, they'd have to take over they they would go have to probably they would probably have to play somewhere else for two. They'd have to do what the Bears have done and the Vikings did. Uh, and that is they would have to go play somewhere for, for two seasons while they or three seasons while they build the new stadium. Or you get rid of the airport and build it there. Uh, the airport's never going anywhere. No. It's not going anywhere. And or, I Or I'll give I've you another still- way to do it, which would be expensive. Build another landfill and move it down on the lake, put the landfill in, and then build the new stadium while you're in the old stadium. Yeah, and, and the other issue they have, too, is the Port of Cleveland's not in a great sp- not not in the best of spots. And I know that there's been conversations over the years about maybe moving the Port of Cleveland up towards the East 55th Marina area or whatever, but that's never really materialized. It's just – I just feel like that stadium land is could be used so much more effectively with something else there. I don't know. To me, the problem I, is there's nowhere else downtown in my view to move the Browns. So, well, uh, the other place is on the other side of the ballpark on the other side of the freeway. Yeah. And that there's not a lot of room there. Yeah. I actually new, think new getting rid of the airport, building a new stadium where the airport is, is the way never happening. It's never happening because it makes too much sense. No, because it's just not practical. It's not about making sense. I don't disagree with your premise. I'm just saying, 
it, I mean, St. Louis needed like 20 years to close their regional airport. It, Chicago figured it out pretty quick how to get rid of it. I think it was field. Was it field air, yeah, field well, strip or something? I forget. That. Yeah, it's it, the, the airport's there to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, the the Interbelt, the rebuilding of Orange Avenue, which turns into uh, Ontario and all the investment that was made on the Interbelt reconstruction um, took up a lot of a lot of that space that could have fit a new stadium. So I also know, though, that everything is still kind of on the table here as far as the, the planning. But the desire is to stay on the lakefront, get that thing developed, get that land bridge uh, project moving forward. And, and that I just I I just don't think it's going to happen. And uh, because we've been trying to do lakefront development in the city of Cleveland for like, I think, since I've been alive and it's gone nowhere. And if you leave the stadium there, it's not getting if they're not doing anything more. Sorry, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I just uh, your landlord, you've locked yourself out. If you want to keep the I, airport, sorry. But my prediction is if the development does not move forward on the land on the lake that opens the door for the Browns to look for another location within the city to build. That's okay. the, I think that this lakefront development, it's the linchpin to everything. It really is. I, because the Browns want to be more involved in uh, tailgating. Like uh, they have these luxury tailgate trailers. Now uh, they were out at training camp. You, if you went out to Berea this year, you got to see those. Um the NFL is in a lot of stadiums now adding on field seating in the end zones and like in the corners and stuff. The Browns have done that at first energy stadium. There's only half a service level, so they can't really move the locker rooms around that much there. So there's some like legitimate logistical things that handicap. Like, look, I think if the Browns had their druthers, Andy, that end the West end zone, where they put that field seating, they would put in one of those field clubs like you see the Vikings, the Rams, uh, all the new stadiums have those field level end zone. The Colts have it too in Indianapolis, those field level clubs. But the Browns can't do that because their locker room's right there and their post-game press conference room is right there. And there's nowhere else in that building to put a new locker room because it's only got half of a service level. So there are, there are legitimate logistical limitations with the existing stadium. I mean, I do have an answer for the, your locker room question, because if you walk through green Bay, green Bay and I just, the trailer, uh, no, but the green Bay is Have like the visitors warm up and or get dressed in the tent outside. No, but what they could do, you know, where the media tent is to get in the building. Yeah. They could blow out that land there build new locker rooms there and then you got to there's a straight and, shot into the have uh, them walk by all the TV trucks and you could push the parking out too that's another thing that's another another way to do it who knows we'll worry about that in another day on another show he's Daryl Ryder I'm Andy Baskin for our producer Meredith Kane thank you so much for listening we always appreciate you listening to it's always game day in Cleveland if you like what you're listening to subscribe to the podcast if you want to be a part of the show hit us up on Twitter and facebook and you can do that facebook did i just say facebook twitter and instagram we gotta, do, still we gotta do a mail we gotta do mailbag here uh pretty soon so if yeah, you have questions for me or for andy hit us up on twitter at game day cle at game day cle on twitter 
and we will try and squeeze more of your questions into our podcast on a regular basis here. Sounds like a plan. We're back on the, what day is today? I don't even know. Today's Tuesday. We're back Thursday morning, right? Thursday for a Thursday drop. Thank you. We appreciate you listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.